Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. How wise do you think we are at this time? It's interesting. You know, the, the Lord tells us several times in the Bible that that at this time, he's going to make the wise to be unwise. Basically, he's going to remove from them all wisdom. And we've heard of the Menza from 1946 when they formed it for the most high IQ, intelligent people. And it's really sad because I've been around some of the most intelligent people in the world, people of the crown trust system, the people who are running the most sophisticated science in the world, the people in charge of the science of the world. I've been in, they're, they're not well known by the people in the world because they don't know who's running it unless you're in the system. Then you begin to understand who's who. That's why people think the Vatican's running the world today because, you know, that's what they want you to believe. But that's not who's running it. But anyway, going beyond that, you know, it's it's very interesting that the world system people think about the IQ and you, you hear people, they're the men's society and the rest of it. These people, can I speak frankly, saying this, for what is important in this day, they don't know squat. They don't know anything. They are lost. And the Lord looks down from heaven and he says in the Bible, they are as dead men walking. It's very interesting that the crown trust system uses a justice system that deceitfully lists all the people, and this is how they justify themselves, because they falsely have written this upon a uh, a divine system. They basically twisted the Bible scriptures, or let's say they used the Bible scriptures <clears throat> without understanding the Bible scriptures. <clears throat> and therefore, they build a system where I've explained to you and I've even shown to people even the IRS tax laws, the actual IRS tax laws, that says that they treat all the people from a child uh, when they're first born, they're a dead estate. They don't change for that. They don't come back automatically to life somehow. No, a dead estate means they have no rights. <clears throat> so the people that are out here in America believe that they have intelligence. They go to colleges. They get degrees. But they do not understand that because they're chasing the world, it's all vanity. It's all, you know, it's like in Solomon. He was the wisest one. And he says he looked at the things known by man, the learned science of man, and he calls it vanity upon vanities. Vanity means fruitless. It means emptiness. It means it's nothing. And that's what the Lord is going to do at this time. He's bringing the people to where they're not going to be able to work. John 9, 4, 5. I, w- I want to point this out because I want to point out to you what is intelligence. What is something worth something? And God explains it very well. I mean, if you look at John fifteen seven. <clears throat> You can understand it there very clearly. It says in there that if you abide in the Lord and you abide in his words, then what you desire will be done for you. And then he tells you that the words, heaven and earth can pass away, but the words will never, his words will never pass away. So obviously the most valuable and the most intelligent thing is his words. 
And if you go to John 21, there were the, the uh, disciples were out there, some of the disciples, I think there were six of them, they were out there on a boat and they were fishing and they hadn't caught nothing all night. And the Lord asked them, have you caught anything? And they said, no. And so he says, lower your nets down on the right side. And they caught 153 great fish, all great. Means they're all of a kind. And the chapter, John 21, starts off with, in this way, he manifested his way. In other words, in this way, he caused us to know his way. And the Lord tells us in John 14, <clears throat> excuse me, yeah, uh, John, I think it's John 14, 30, 35 to 36, he's, 34 to 36, he's telling you there that them to whom the word of God comes, they are like little gods. And you see this in John 15, 7, they can have whatever they desire because they understand what to desire, what is valuable. When people go to paradise, the people up there are not worried about the things of the world. They're not interested in attaining things. The greatest thing they want to do is study and learn. And they go to class every day. Then they go out and do do the works in the grounds that keep the place. I mean, it's the Garden of Eden. It, keeps, it just keeps getting more beautiful and more beautiful. It keeps keeps growing like this. We don't have that here. Instead, we have chaos. And then we have man deciding that he can't control chaos unless he put laws over it. So they do all these things and they forget the basic law of God. Basic laws of God are described in Deuteronomy 6, 4, 9, Deuteronomy 11, 18 to 21. Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9, and Deuteronomy 11, 18 to 21. Because if you follow those laws, Laws, especially Deuteronomy eleven eighteen to twenty one, sums it up very nicely. He says, "If you will do this, you will add years to the life of your children." There's nothing you can do. I mean, people get you know they're going to get a job, they're going to save up money, they're going to make their lives of their children better. But why not give them longer lives? Add years to their lives. <clears throat> you think you can add years to the lives? Our our, you know, we've been growing our lifespan, but as I've told you, the system wants to reduce the lifespan. In fact, I've been in meetings where they said they don't want anybody above 40 years old. In other words, they're going to kill everybody above 40 years old. They want to get rid of them, except for the very elite that they will save from being destroyed. But everybody else they want to get rid of. Now, let me get to the point. The point is we do not understand our inheritance at all. We do not understand our inheritance at all. We don't understand what is money to God. We are coming to a time where the Lord is going to reign over the earth for seven years and we don't understand his currency system. We don't understand his, let's say, economic system instead of currency. He doesn't care about currency. His currency is doing good for others and things just happen. He caused 153 fish to be suddenly put in the net. You know, I went fishing when I was a, a boy, young boy growing up, and um, we went to Canada every year. And, and one of the things that happened was my dad, as as he began to get wiser, he figured out that, hey, the guy to really pick and uh, understands the the lake up there, the great, the rice lake where we went to and um, in Canada, and because every year they'd cut a channel. They would go through there and cut up the seaweed and everything and make a channel so the large boats that transport things uh, come up through the rivers and come up to there could go on to where they're going. And transport the goods because he had that St. Lawrence Seaway and all this. Anyway, the interesting thing was he discovered that there's an Indian 
um, and and we had several groups of Indian villages right there on the lake, and I was good friends with many, some of these Indians. But one of these was an old man, and he uh, they called him Smokey Joe. And Smokey Joe, every year when they were cutting these things, he would be watching where they were cutting, and he would mark from one island to the next. He would get a marker, and he'd be able to understand from this stone to that stone, and you're talking long distances. They're cutting a channel. And anybody knows that the fish like to hide into the weeds and come out into the open to snack, to eat, you know, get their snacks or food or other fish, whatever it is that they're eating. But then if you troll, that that's where the bigger fish are. And so every time he went out, they would get three or four great big fish. Well, usually when they go up there, they would catch maybe one in two weeks uh, with him. Wherever he showed them, they'd hire him and take them out, and then they would fish that same place the rest of the time. They'd hire him for one one day or whatever it was. And, um, he would show them where where, the, where to fish. And usually he'd stay out with them that night and so forth, and they would catch three or four of the big fish and bring them back. Well, the key point to this, what I'm trying to say is Jesus did this, but he didn't have to, you know, wait and go fishing for the fish. They immediately came. Because, see, if you abide in his way and you abide in his words, then you will be what? What you desire will be done for you. Now, this is a law. People don't understand this is a law of God. And Paul echoes this law in a different way and tells us why it's a law. And, see, the Lord wants us to give glory to the Father. And we I've been talking to you the last few nights about the number 70. And the number 70 is ominous. Please understand, and I, I'd like to make this more clear and more clear, and I have a writing coming out on it. I'll be out shortly. But what this number does, every time God uses this number, and he did it with the 70 nations, he set the foundation for what they were doing. It was a test to them. Would they obey his instruction or not? Or would they come up with their own wisdom? And they did it just like the, the Masons of today. If you go look at a Mason, Masonic temple, you'll see at the bottom of their windows, they have snakes and everything else into the paint that designed in the window pane. And then they have more clear windows as they go up. So they say out of chaos, they make light. No, man doesn't do that. God doesn't take it out of chaos. You know, the reason chaos is there is because we will not obey him. When the people of Israel refused to hear his words and then refused to go in the promised land and, and then grumbled about the food and he was giving them the food that would help them to grow in wisdom and understanding. But they looked at food as we just want the tasty dishes. We don't care about what this is doing for us in the long term. Just like today, we haven't cared about making sure that the food is organic and making sure that people are getting the herbs and so forth because the herbs are for the service of man, and the food is what heals us. So they've destroyed the food. They've hired the, I mean, they made the FDA, and they made the, the health uh, thing in England uh, intentionally in 1948 so that it would destroy the, the nutritional value of the food and, and kill us gradually. And we allowed all this to happen. We know the, the feed is GMO. We know that they're taking away the right. I mean, they may change the food so that uh, uh, the seed is not within itself. They had a they got to make the seed and so forth. They're doing everything they can to, one, bust the economy, two, reduce our nutritional value, and three, make it so that the food does not have the spiritual value in it because what is cursed by man's works is cursed indeed. 
and a cursing will be a destruction to us. If we don't pray over this in the way of removing these curses, then, you know, we're not doing wise. If we're not praying for the Lord to use this food within us for good works and understanding in our hearts and stuff, we know that we're doing the best we can to get the best food we can, not the most tasty, but the food that's most pure, the organic. But the world is trying to take the organic away from us and so on, so they're not doing the food of man. Now, sounds like I'm moving off the subject here, but what I'm trying to do is point out to you that we don't understand the value of God's economic system. Food that is organic, the food that is natural, also brings intelligence into us. And the people who have Menza degrees or Menza recognition at this time are actually very unwise because they're following the way of the world and they're going to have John 9, 4, 5 come upon them where they cannot do work. And they'll also have removed from them the right to, to, to his words. They're going to not be able to receive his words. Therefore, they're going to be totally unwise. In other words, their wisdom is going to come to nothing because God's taken away the economy. He's taken away the science laws that they know. And he's bringing forth his laws that can do things like bring 153 great fish instantly to the net. You know, you can't do that with your science of man. They think they can do various things. They're changing everything, but they, they have no power like this. And God's going to show them. He's going to cause the earthquakes and everything else that they can't control. They think they control the weather and they manipulate it now, but he's going to take over and he's going to control it. Now, I want to show you the point. The point is found in Ephesians 1, 11 to 14. When Jesus died on the cross and gave his blood as a purchase price for us, that we think it washed away our sins and it's an automatic thing, we fail and we trample upon the spirit of grace in this day particularly because God has opened his words to us in 2003. And we've ignored it, and he's given prophecy after prophecy. He says, get the words of wisdom you do not know. I've caused my words to be received, and people aren't getting it. And I heard one preacher say, oh, we've had it since the 1950s. We've been looking for this. No, you haven't. God caused the words to be opened because it wasn't. He said, every man on the face of the earth be trapped in a snare at this time. And a snare comes from not understanding the words, without knowledge, without the knowledge of truth. Knowledge of truth is his words that sanctify us and set us apart from the world, and nobody's set apart from the world. These preachers have their 501c3 churches. They're still doing all these things. They have no power and authority over his words. God has not given it to them because they refuse to hear it, and they mock it. Not any different than the rabbis in Jesus' time. This is the church today. They have no power, no authority. They're chasing after the world leadership and negotiating with them even though that is in direct opposition to God's instruction in Revelation 18, 1 to 4, which is in effect at this time because the light entered the world. He said the light shone on the earth, and that light is what? The entrance of his words gives light, meaning he opened the first seal judgment and the words were open. Zechariah 14, 7 said the evening, the day of the Lord, the beginning of the day of the Lord would begin with the opening of the words, opening of the light, and the light comes by the entrance of his words, Psalms 119, 130. Okay, so here we are. My point is this, in Ephesians 1, 11 to 14, we have something. Here is God's economic system. It says, in him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works. Of him who works. 
of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. The counsel of his will is the fourth spirit of God, meaning he works all things by the way of the first four spirits. He's told us to ride these first four horses. They're for us for everyday work. The others build upon those. But if we don't have the first four down, we will not get accomplished. And his counsel is a judgment. See, the fourth spirit judges us. The devil didn't tempt him four times. He tempted him three times. He couldn't do the fourth time at that time. He had to come back and start over again. Because the fourth counsel is the, the counsel of the Lord, and he could have cast him out at that time. But he knew he didn't, he didn't want to do that. So here we are. It goes on in verse 12. It says that we who first trusted in Christ should be the, to the praise of his glory. What happened when Jesus died on the cross? The temple veil was torn so that we can come in and receive the words of God that his blood purchased for us. Now, he explains this in the next verse. He says, in whom, next two verses, in whom you also trusted. Trusted means hoped. You got hope. You trusted. You believed. After you heard the word of truth, the good news of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, in other words, you once you heard it, you believed the word of truth. What is the word of truth? John seventeen seventeen is the words of God. His truth is the words, and that's what we are required to be set apart from the world by. We have to believe there are words, and then we have to seek him to receive the knowledge of the words as he directed this to in Proverbs one twenty three. It says, the good news of our salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit of promise, what is promise? The truth. The spirit of truth cannot enter those who are of the world. John fourteen, fifteen to seventeen. You cannot get the spirit of truth. It's John ten, thirty four to thirty six, where he said, um, those to whom the word comes is like a little God. I said John fourteen before, I'm sorry. It's John ten, thirty four to thirty six. He said, Whom having believed, having believed the words that you believed there were words, then you went and you received the words, and his words only come. John 3.34, with the full measure of the omnipresent Spirit of God. And he said in Proverbs 1.23, If you will turn to me after hearing of my word, then I will pour out my Spirit upon you and cause you to know my words. In Proverbs 1.20.22, his, his, his wisdom is calling out his words, but they didn't receive it. They don't believe that there's words. They believe the whole scripture is what they're talking about. He's talking about words of God. He wouldn't have had to come back into the world if the rabbis of his day knew the words of God. They had all the scriptures. They thought they were perfect scholars, just like the preachers of this day. And you go around, and most of the preachers are still teaching the, the corrupted doctrine of Dr. Clarence Larkin from the early 2000, or 1900s. Many people have, I mean, they've taken the, the, the rapture thing, the, the four horses of apocalypse, all these things are false teachings. It doesn't agree with the scriptures like Daniel 7, 9 to 14, Revelation 17, 9 to 14. It doesn't agree with that. There's a gap time. They, they think everything is seven years, like only seven years because of the, Daniel's 70th week. That 70th week of Daniel is the Lord reigning over the earth for seven years. He doesn't make a peace treaty in the middle of that. That's a doctrine that somebody made up. It does not say that anywhere in the scriptures. 
the the Lord reigns for seven years. The first three and a half is to refine his bride. The second three and a half, the two witnesses over the church. But during this first three and a half years of the of the morning that comes, that's when the Lord reigns. You know he's coming in the morning because he tells you that he's coming with the man, separation judgment. And he tells you in John, I mean, excuse me, Malachi 4, 2, he's coming with the rising of the sun, like the sun rising. When does it rise? Morning. The evening and the morning. The evening, he gives the light, gives the word, and the morning, it's manifested. It's done. It's the judgment, separation judgment, and then the people are refined. They're able, they receive the authority to be refined, to get the full measure of the seven spirits so they can do the good works and put on the fine linen to glorify God, bring forth the likeness of the Garden of Eden, bring forth the temple, all those things, and then they're taken up. Psalms 50 and 4 tells you that. That's what he says. He's going to bring a bring the sacrifices to an end at the middle of the morning in, in Daniel 9.27. And Daniel 9.26 is talking about the flood that ends. That ends and allows the seven years to come. What does it end? It ends the reign of the beast kingdom, nine, Daniel 7, 11 to 12. And then the, they take away the dominion from the beast kingdom for a season and a time. A time of seven years, a season is like this winter season we're in now. So we know that that is the way of this time. So the Lord's 70th, 70th uh, week is the seven years that begins with the morning and ends with the noon of his day. And then comes the 42 months that the Antichrist will reign on earth because they'll kill the two witnesses. But remember, the two witnesses are going to come here for 1,260 days after he's, um, you know, he's... he's in the sacrifice. What is he in the sacrifice? If you go to Psalms 50 and 4, you tell them that's basically the rapture. He says, gather to me all those who made a sacrifice to me. And you, you can take that two ways here. Because the Lord is going to gather his people. As he says in Isaiah 29, for example. You know, the word Ariel, by the way, that he uses in that, when he, when he talks about it in Isaiah 29, let me bring it up here. Well, I got it here somewhere. Yeah, Isaiah 29. He tells you, I think it's verse 14, I believe it is. Yeah. He says, therefore, behold, well, he talks about Ariel on up here. He says, the multitude of all the nations who fight against Ariel. And even all who fight against her her fortress and distress her and shall be like a dream of the night vision. See, that's in the night vision, the night time. It's like that. Because the, the, the separation, this war is coming in the night. And he tells you he's going to make the separation judgment. Luke 17, 34, John 9, 40, John 9, 4 and 5. He's going to do the separation judgment in the night. And at the break of the morning, the separation occurs. But this, the judgment itself is rendered during this night that we're in now. We're in the last part of the night of the day of the Lord. And Ariel has two kind of meanings. One is that people think that this meaning is uh, quite interesting because they say it's, um, you know, the, let me get to it here. It says Ariel, they, they say that uh, means something, you know, let's let's put it this way. They, they go with a translation typically um, that um, it's, it's, um, the, let me get it here. I'm trying to. 
they, they call it, they, some say it's the Lion of God, for example. And others say it's an altar or hearth. Uh, the real thing in, in there, I have to understand, it, the altar that he's talking about is for food. It's a, it's a sacrifice of doing good works for others. In other words, you're making a sacrifice of getting the word of instruction. That's why he tells you in, in Zechariah 14, 20 and 21, that everybody is going to put holiness to the Lord in the pots. You're going to break the bread, bake the bread with holiness to the Lord on the on the pan. You're going to have this in there because why? You want the work of God to be done in that, and you'll be giving this bread of instruction to people so that they might learn the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. In other words, Ariel is talking about those who are doing and feeding the word and making known. So Ariel is representative of those who are causing the words to be made known at this time. That's what that's about. And that's the whole thing about that is the deliverance. And he says in um, Zechariah 14, 15, did all those who come against his people, his elect at that time, that's those who set themselves apart by the words. What do they do? You can't have the words and not be a doer of the words, James 1, 20 to 25. You have to become a doer of the words. You're doing, you know, you're giving instruction to others, giving them bread, giving them wine, like King Melchizedek did at, at that time. And when the Lord came to see Abraham. So what he's showing us is this, and what he's trying to do is get us to understand that we we are to be making sacrifices of good works for people. And um, he tells us in uh, Isaiah 29, uh, 14, he says, Therefore, behold, I will again do a marvelous work among this people, a marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hidden. Of the proud and, you know, He's going to take away their their understanding is their works they're doing. And Jesus says in John 9, 4, 5, that they will not work. He's going to take away all of that from them. So they're going to be shocked when they cannot do any work. And that's what's going to happen at this time. Now, let me go ahead and finish this up with Ephesians 11, 1, 11 to 14. I'll end here. I want to just show you that the value, I mean, what I'm trying to point out tonight is people spend money going to colleges and university and we're in the day of judgment. I, I'm, I'm sorry, it's a waste of time. People going to seminaries right now, it's a waste of time. People going to colleges anywhere is a waste of time. If you really wanted to understand and learn, you'd be seeking the Lord and doing what it says in Proverbs 1, 20 to 23. You'd have more value because here's the key. It says, in him whom you also trusted, Ephesians 1.13, after you heard the word of truth, because what does God desire, Paul tells us? He says he desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. And what is truth? Jesus tells you it's the words of God. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about these set-apart words that are in his pure language because he tells you in Zephaniah 3, 8, 9, he's going to come and separate the world and then he's going to cause everybody to walk in the way of the pure language. A pure language is higher than our earthly language. Our earthly languages are not pure. They're totally convoluted. And he says, the good news of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise that cannot come to those who are not set apart from the world by his words. John 17, 17, John 14, 15 to 17, and 2 Corinthians 12, 1 to 4. Remember those verses. Now, he says, the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. He's coming now to separation judgment to purchase, to to gather up those people who are set apart and what he's going to do for them. 
he's going to give them he's going to give them the right to call on the full measure of the seven times spirit seven times greater the sun's going to be seven grains greater the light's going to be seven times greater you're going to understand these works to the greater degree and you're going to be able to do them to enable great works because what does he give you with this the inheritance is he gives us back to the likeness of the garden of eden so kingdom of god comes on earth as it is in heaven that is what we've been praying for supposed to be every day but what he's saying here this who is the guarantee that strong that strong's word in the greek is 728 number 728 greek 728 it's called Arabon. this is an earnest money which is in purchases given as a pledge or down payment that the full amount will subsequently be paid what is he saying here? You've got the payment of access to the words of God. That's the value. There's nothing any, there's no gold, silver, nothing as valuable as these words, which is your inheritance, because those who hear the voice of the Lord and believe in his promises, remember the Holy Spirit of promise, believe in God's promises, John five twenty four. they will, what? They will have eternal life, and pass through these judgments. But when they have eternal life, what's that mean? They're entering into the likeness of the wisdom like sons of God. And they will have authority to call forth food from the ground, fish in the sea. You see, everything is done for them. By the words, they won't have to work. He said they're going to be like stall-fed calves. You're going to speak and go go plot around and, and everything will come up for you as God has promised in these days to those who have wisdom because they understand why they're doing it, how they're doing it. And they'll do it with wisdom. And they won't have to have, you know, it's like the people, um, you know, the, the, the people today with their machines and doing the gigantic farming and the rest of it. You can get more out of one parcel of land with one plow and 24 oxen, 12 sets of oxen, like Elisha did than all the people doing the food today. You don't understand the way of the Lord. Don't understand the wisdom of his words. You don't understand the promise of them and the value of them. You know, people have the value. They're getting, they're collecting gold. They're doing all these things to get ready for the Ezekiel 38 war, which is coming, which is God's going to steal everything. He's even got these people gathering up the gold and silver. Why? Because he tells me Ecclesiastes 2.26, he's given them that work to do so that they will have to give it to him at this time because he's going to bring the plagues on them. And they're going to have to give up their gold and silver that they've hoarded because that's to them a God. And he's going to cause them to walk in one pure language, Zephaniah 3, 9, which means that is going to, if they don't do that, they're going to get more plagues and more plagues and more plagues until there's so much pain and aching that they just give it away. Lord says in the Bible, they're going to throw it on the streets because it does them zero good. And believe me, they're losing their mansions. He tells you in uh, Zechariah 5, 1 to 4, he's going to burn all those down. Their palaces and that stuff, he's going to burn them down. There's going to be stubble on the ground because they've stolen and they treated his people as dead people and, and they had a, a false law system and so on. My point is today with this message is God, when he did the number 70, you always have a judgment. In, in other words, he gave them the 70 nations. And he gave them works and land and so forth to go do. And they wouldn't do it. And they came back and they got punished because they tried to do their own way with it and got punished. He sent 70 people down into Egypt 
and they become slaves. The, the descendants become slaves. <clears throat> and it gets worse and worse for them because they would not believe in God and keep his words and keep his way. They, they turn very quickly. Even after Jacob died, his brothers came to them all concerned about what Jacob was doing. They didn't have one bit of understanding of the goodwill and good works. So all they were worried about was their thing. And look what happened to them. They all went into captivity and they cried out and God had to deliver them. He constantly gives them the words and constantly has to deliver them. And, and he even sent Jesus. And what he had to do, they got destroyed. And he's coming back this time to deliver a remnant because the people still of Israel will not receive his words. But the Gentiles have had every tool. The Bibles are every tool. And he's opened the words now for 14 years, 13 years and three quarters. And they have not received it. 13 years and three seasons of this last year. And they have not received it in this time frame and we're in the 14th year this is the ending of the 14th year come april and they've not received his words and is the most valuable thing and yet they praise these people that have menza these actresses and actors and all these scientists the people like that and they've done nothing but evil for the world you know they have occultic songs they have tattoos they have you know they're setting apart people you know the system's Always looking after, looking to for bright people like Tesla. What they do with him? They stole this knowledge. You know, they they consistently do this. They get people. They look out what they're doing. They either rob the technology because they control the copyright. They make everybody patent stuff. You can't afford the patents. If you give them the patent, they steal the technology. I I know firsthand how they do this. I've been involved with this, so that I understand what they do. And they make it so you can't do anything about it because the the big corporations take the technology. And then when you go after them, they say, ha, they just laugh in your face and tell you, look, unless you got $30 million, don't even bother chasing us. Because what we can do, what we can do is we can send 3,000 lawyers on this. How many are you can you going to send? This is what they do. This is I have many, many examples of this. And then they, they get you in their system. And you start cooperating with them and you give them things and then they steal it and then they'll either kill you or discredit you or set you aside. And yet, you know, the church today are taking doctrines and they're selling this out to people and not doing at all what the Lord said to do for this time, to teach the words and make known his truth. He tells them in John seventeen seventeen the simple truth and they will not obey. They have to be set apart from the world by his words. And John or Joel 2, 12 to 20 says the same thing. And they're not doing anything about that to get the Lord to to um, intervene. And he tells you in Matthew 24, 21 to 22, and in Mark 13, 19 to 20, that the only way you can overcome this world war that's coming is to get the Lord to intervene, but he will not hear you, Proverbs 1, 20 to 33, if you reject his knowledge of his words at this time. If you do not have the knowledge of truth, you will not be able to pray to the Lord and get deliverance during this time. The Lord has warned you over and over and over. Get the words of wisdom you do not know. Bob Jones, he gave the prophecy. And those people themselves do not get it. They do not receive the word. They translate it with what their doctrines have in the past. When he told them, and they will not listen to Luke 21, 34 to 36, it said, all the people on the earth be caught in a snare at this time. All of them. And then he tells us, and they won't even listen to the, the, the 
the what we told about the legal system and the courts. And I, from firsthand experience, I've, in meetings I was in, I told them about the DHS and what it's structured as and who's running the world and who is the woman in charge of the depopulation program, which is going to kill 7 billion people. She's able to start wars. She's able to bring diseases. She's able to, to, to you know, do just like the, the things of the, the vaccinations and stuff, the Monsanto food and all that. She's over top of all that, organizing it, making sure it's on schedule because she has a responsibility to kill so many people a year. Doesn't she understand murder? Is of you know is is a violation of God's law, and that this is the day of judgment. They don't believe it. You know these people told me that that uh, in meetings I have with them. You know I'd be in meetings. I, we'd go out to eat and and be there till two and three in the morning sometimes, and just talking about these things. And I was amazed at the things they would say. You know, and even some of these at the highest levels had the devil appear before them. You know, they're serving the devil. And it's interesting. It's like they know this. They can manipulate him. He's, you know, they think this. That's why the order of the garter is such a lie. They, they have the knight spearing the devil. But if you know the story, the devil does. The dragon doesn't die. The dragon you know, turns into a man and comes back and says, that was me. And, you know, it's just and he's saying I was testing them. They, they went out to fight the devil. Yeah, right. With what? You know, sticks. You can't beat the devil like that. That's the myth they want you to believe, that they conquered the devil. No, the devil conquered them. They're a noble order that the dragon allows them to draw near and draw his blood that he's purchased their lives with his blood because he's not going to die by them. He can, only the Lord can overthrow him. He's under God's authority for a fixed set of time. He's going to persecution uh, um He's going to the persecution, into uh, the pit, but only when the Lord throws him. But these people are advertising this. You know, you see the queen wearing that order of the garter symbol on her chest every time she goes in, in front of her government and the rest of it. And they, in the church at Windsor Chapel, the, the, the chaplains have that on the back of their priestly garment. What a terrible thing. And this is the people who run the world. And she runs... The Vatican. They're over top the Vatican. The Vatican works for them. People think they work for the Vatican. Totally untrue. Vatican is part of their system, but it's under them. I sat in meetings where the Vatican had to negotiate with the Crown Trust to get what it wants. And nobody can take advantage of the Crown Trust. It's, they get their way. They're tough to deal with. They're evil. And God is going to throw them down. This is the time. You got to come out or you will be thrown with them because he tells you and warns you if you continue following after them and following after the leaders who walk in fornication with them, you will receive of their sins. You're going to take a share of their sins that, because they're disobeying God and they're walking in the wrong way and they're going to have no knowledge. Their wisdom is going to go away and so will yours. And you will not be able to pray to God. He will not hear you. Proverbs 1, 20 to 33 warns you of that and many other scriptures. Okay, I've talked long enough tonight. I just wanted to get this to you. Understand that the words of God in Ephesians 1, 13 to 14, and they don't give you the right word, but that word is who is the guarantee. The Holy Spirit of promise is the guarantee. It's the earnest money. It, it is the value because the Lord God said in John three thirty four, his words only come 
with the full measure of the Spirit of God in you, in, in them. But those, the Spirit of truth cannot enter those who have not set themselves apart from the world. And these preachers have not set themselves apart from the world. They're going to worship and negotiating with the people of the world in disobedience to God in Revelations 18, 1 to 4, and in Romans 13, where it says that only the rulers who are approved by God can, are the ones that we allow or we work with. And he tells us to come out from them at this time, because from the beginning, when the words are open, God said, remove yourself from them. Revelation 18, 1 to 4, and Isaiah 1 to 12. They have no authority to reign. And God is coming, the Lord is coming to remove the power. But the problem of it is, when the manifestation of the separation judgment comes, that's just like the Tower of Babel. It's going to happen. It's just like Sodom and Gomorrah. It's going to happen. It's too late to change. It's like the people, when they repented, you know, they didn't, because he was going to punish them about, you know, rejecting the spies and the rest of that. Uh, the spies rejected his, his command to go into the promised land. He's, he's rejecting it. And we're rejecting our instruction for Daniel's 70th week, which has to be completed by the time of the separation judgment, as you can see in Daniel 9.26. But it tells you in Daniel 9.24 that we must anoint the Lord as king over all the earth. In other words, come out from the world, obey what the Lord said in Daniel 7.9-14, that his son is to reign at this time. And we are not allowing that. And God is going to cause that to happen. And all those who weren't prepared, all those who refused to believe, all those who rejected his words and the message of his words will not be a part of that kingdom. Read Matthew 7, uh, 21 to 23. And you can see that the preachers who prophesied and healed people and cast out demons when they aren't even in and are cast out from God because they're lawless, because he tells you his truth is law in Proverbs 142, 119, 142. And in Psalms 119, 160, he says, all his words are truth. His words, you know, the world's words aren't truth, but his words are higher than ours. They're always correct. His promises never come back void, Isaiah 55, 11. So this is the truth of this. And I pray that you'll see that anything that you're pursuing that's not of his words has no value and it has no intelligence. Because the IQ level of these people who are considered wise and smart is going to go to almost zero very quickly. Because in one night, the Lord is saying, he's going to take away their wisdom. He's going to take away everything from them. And all of a sudden, as it says in Revelation 6, the kings, the slaves, everybody is going to look and hide and want to do anything. Why? Because they've lost everything. They have nothing to fall back on. There's nothing of their wisdom that's going to defend them. They understand that they've lost everything. The kings are going to be this way. All of them are going to be this way. It's time we believe and understand that there is a value, and the value that's in God's kingdom is his words that are set apart because these words, when you speak or do them, enable the promises of God. And the Holy Spirit of truth is what makes known to you how to use and speak these words to enable those promises. But the people who are of the world today, the reason they can't understand this or hear this is because their father's the devil. John eight forty three to 47, and they don't want to believe that. They'll get fiery hot at you and tell you you're arrogant, you'll you're everything else. It's the same thing they said to Jesus, but that's exactly what Jesus said to them in John eight forty three to 47. And if you don't have the words, you're not of God. If you think you're going up in the rapture and you refuse these words in the message, 
You have a very narrow way to get in. It's time to repent and call upon the Lord. It's time to seek him out and say, Lord, are these words true? Show me from the scriptures. Open yourself to really try and hard to believe and believe the scriptures. You don't have to come see me. Even you just you know, seek the Lord. He says, knock and you shall receive. You know, call upon him and repent and believe there are words. He created the world with the words. He tells you he sends his words forth and they never come back to him void. You, you should have a desire. I want to know those words because I know that in the night when nothing is working and the, the, the food has been destroyed and everything else, I want food to come forth from the ground as he's promised. How do I call him? How do I walk in the right way that this is going to happen? How do I obey the Lord to know that this is going to be? When you understand the words, you know exactly why. Because you understand his promises. It's the Holy Spirit of promise that he gives to us. It's like a currency. It's, it's, like, it's like a value. It's, it's like treasure. That's why he said today that it's a parable, the, 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 the pearl's a good price, the pearl a great price. The people are selling their messages today. The, the, the goodly pearls, they sell them. That's what it says in Scripture. Jesus says, the merchants of goodly pearls. But when they find the pearl of great price, the words of God, that is what he's talking about in Ephesians 1, 13 to 14, then they will not sell it anymore. Instead, they do good works for others, and that enables all the things because they understand how to do the good works that bring forth his promises. As it says in John fifteen seven. if you abide in him or others follow his way, what did he do at the sea when he told the disciples to cast the net over to the other side, on the right side, and it hauled in 153? He's doing away the words to teach the knowledge of the good works of God because we are required at this time to bring forth the likeness of the Garden of Eden. We're, that's the work we got to do. We have works assigned to us. That's what, when he has that number 70, there's a requirement to be done. In other words, he said there's 70 weeks and it's going to come to an end, you know, with the with the flood. And then the 70th week will come. The flood, the flood is the Revelation 12, 15 to 17 is the words of the dragon. And we have that now. His words against our words. In other words, God's words. And, and we're seeing this and we, and we won't believe God's words that overcome those that Satan has no power and authority over you, know, you can have the Ten Commandments and you know that Jesus died on the cross for your blood. You have the testimony of Jesus. But if you don't understand that he per used that blood as a purchase price to open the temple veil and God did this and allowed the words to be known. When Jesus returned to the disciples, Luke 24, 44 and 45, he says, these are the words I spoke to you while I was with you. And then he was able to cause them to understand the scriptures. Why? When he gives them these words, the Holy Spirit is within them in the full measure John three thirty four, and it causes them to be stirred up to know it. He said, I'll pour out my spirit upon you and cause you to know my words. And that's what he did. That's why he's able to cause them to know his words. Because they were able then, because they believed the words, they wanted to know these words. They believed that these are the words I spoke to you because they were wanting to know these words. This is what was in their heart. Because now they understood that he was speaking words and they never got it in the three and a half years he was walking with them. Now they want it. And they were able to understand the words and the times. We are blessed because this generation right now is the one that gets to bring forth the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Nobody in the past has been able to do that. This is the time of fulfillment of Lamech's blessing he spoke over Noah. It's not the time to bring a Noahide covenant 
like they're trying to do. The world system says they're going to bring a, a morality law. No, God's law was given. It cannot be repealed. And all those promises that are in Moses's law, because he tells us to remember Moses's law. He doesn't tell us in this day to remember no-eyed laws. That is not scriptural, no-eyed laws. We are to review Moses' laws. We're going to sing Moses' song, Revelation 15, to 4. And the Lord tells us continually in the scriptures to remember Moses' law at this time. Because Moses' law says to do the way of his words. I thank you for your time. Lord, I pray that you will help the people to understand this great truth. And Lord, let them know your plan for them and let them know that you will open your words to them if they will just turn to you and believe. Lord, it is their inheritance. They don't understand, dear Lord. It's the inheritance. And it makes them a son of God that has authority that you give them, Lord, to call upon your words. But your, your name is the word, Revelation 19, 11 and 13, that they do not know. Please, Lord, help us all to understand this. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done. And we pray, Lord, that you'll be with your people and bless them mightily at this time that they might set themselves apart and give glory to your Father and to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.